Hey everyone, it's Marilyn Hughes for our live stream on your questions for the month of December. So happy to have you with me. Thanks for joining me. I have some questions that people have been sending in to me all month. We're going to go over those and also uh, talk about whatever you all want to talk about. So come on into the chat room. Tell me your thoughts. Um, have Tell me your questions. This is your time. Um, want to remind everyone, if you haven't yet already, please subscribe to our channel. Subscribing to our channel helps to keep us searchable on YouTube and around the internet. So it's very helpful. Also, for those of you who are uh, able to consider becoming a member, consider clicking on the upper right-hand button saying join. And you can look at the different membership options. And memberships are really helpful to us because they help us to keep our resources free to everyone in the world. So makes a huge difference, very helpful. So please subscribe and consider becoming a member. Thank you so much. And also jump on into the chat room with your questions, okay? Um, I'm gonna start right now with uh, some questions I've received via email. So this is our first one. Um, and it says, I don't know if you've been given the answer to my question or if it is something that would come along in later books or series, but here goes. What happens to the facets of souls that are tied to our higher self? Let's use me as an example. Prayerfully, there will be a time when, whether in this lifetime or a future one, when the Lord has mercy and compassion on me and opens heaven to me, and I ascend into heaven and escape this karmic cycle. Then what? Do I continue as a distinct soul? Do I actually merge into my higher self? Are there other aspects of my higher self separate from me? If I merge with my higher self, then presumably we all would, right? Or would we all remain distinct from our higher selves and just feel our connection to them. My, does my higher self finally merge with my divine soul? Is there just one higher self that is subordinate or connected to the divine soul? Or are there multiple higher selves, all of which have spawned from our shared divine soul? Okay, so we'll just try to tackle this in a simple fashion, just because there's no easy answer to that. Um, those facets are fragmentary, individuated aspects. In some senses, they cease when those cease existences cease in that they merge with the higher self. However, when we as souls do not actually transcend to that level, which is most of us, then that would not happen. A soul will cross over with the personality being, being very present and intact, then the purification process would begin in the afterlife. When the conscious soul focus becomes capable of blending and merging into the higher self or the divine soul, that will happen in stages. The soul may travel back and forth from different containers of existence, gathering the energies and the knowledge gained before merging. 
As to what happens after that, the soul moves forward with an awareness which comes from the higher self, eventually the divine self. But the information from all those lifetimes merges into that conscious understanding. So all becomes one. Then the soul moves forward from that point. The soul continues its learning, its vibrational raisings as it ascends higher in the status and going in and out of the divine soul. But that conscious point, this is an important uh, delineation, the conscious point, if this is happening on earth, can remain in the singular sieve while doing this, while the conscious focus becomes that of the many. Then the soul progresses towards the pure lands, the tachyon fields, and beyond that, where the soul must be united into a singular one, a singular unity in order to enter. So this is what I understand of it at this time, but I know there's much more to it that I don't yet understand. So that is our simplified answer to that. Hello, Andy, and thank you for joining us on our live stream. We're taking everyone's questions today. Max, Max Canez, a collective conscious. Yes, very well said, and welcome, Max. Glad to have you with us today. And again, remember, everyone, this is your questions and your comments. So feel free to bring them into the chat room, and we will deal with them as we go. Uh, moving on to the next question that I received that I wanted to talk about. This says, so last night I woke up at 3.33, <coughs> excuse me, a.m. Well, I went to the bathroom and I hopped in bed again. Falling asleep, I started feeling what I call little tiny itches in several points or parts of my body. I think it is a way that my subconscious checks if I am sleeping. Since I don't move with those little itches, I know that next comes the vibrations. So I start experiencing strong vibrations, and I always like to say a prayer asking divine help. This is an important point that this person has brought up. This itching phenomenon is very common in the out-of-body travel experience, and she's handling it exactly as she should, that she tries not to move, not to allow it to distract or make her scratch, because that will break. On those itching stages, she may very well enter into the vibrational state. So that is exactly what should happen at that point. Um, and it's um, a very common part of where the soul is right before the vibrational state happens. And so Max says, hi from Arizona. Hello to you, Max, also from Arizona. So we're, it looks like you and I are both in Arizona today. So that's fantastic. Um, so then... At this time, I tried to roll out, but it did not work. Then I tried to rope it. Imagining a rope and pulling up did not work. 
Then I imagined some other technique I heard somewhere on YouTube to just imagine taking off running or getting up and going to the bathroom mirror. That didn't work either. I kind of gave up and stayed there feeling the vibrations, hearing the voices, the ones that you hear like the crowded room, trying to identify some words. And then she very her clearly heard, open the door. She's thinking to herself, what door? I am still trying to get out of my body. <coughs> then I heard something really cool. And I thought to myself, wow, I get to ask Marilyn that. But then she woke up this morning for the life of her could not remember what the question was. She only remembered very clearly, totally thinking she had to ask me this. Um, here we have another very common difficulty is that when someone enters into that vibrational state, hello, MT, thank you for joining us, that they may struggle a little bit with figuring out what manner of getting out of the body is going to work best for them. So this person tried to roll out, tried to rope it, um, which is a technique I've never heard of nor used. But one thing she did not try was willing it. When you're in that state and you're kind of stuck and these other things aren't working, you actually want to go inward and will yourself out. Remembering thoughts are actions. Thoughts are things and actions in the mystical spheres. So um, we can utilize our thoughts to will ourselves out of the body as well. And hello, Ox Yuki Love. She says, me three, LOL, blessings all. Oh, you're in Arizona as well. That's great. So at least three of us in Arizona today. That's great. Um, and so when you get stuck and you're in the vibrational state, uh, don't forget the procedure of willing it. And then even when you're out of your body, you can actually travel by thinking of a place or a person or a thing and you will automatically be transported there. So don't forget how powerful thought and intention are in the mystical spheres. And so now we are going to go on to the next question. I want to see if there's anything else in here. So those were the experiences of this person and the questions they had. So we're moving on to the next, the next question. All right. So here is the next question. <clears throat> Max says, love and light to you, Aksyuki. And of course, that's from all of us as well. Um, where do our souls originate? From higher heavenly realms or the reality is that we all come from lower realms and we are progressing and evolving from bottom up because that is the nature of evolution itself. So we move up from the below. Sometimes it does not make sense to me why most church doctrines say we all come from heaven because if we were already in heaven, then we should have been perfect. And why would we come here? Unless we did not really originate in heaven. But lower realms, and we're trying to move up. This is what I think, but please share with me 
what you have seen in your out-of-body travels. So for the vast majority of souls, what I have seen, and I'm going to talk about what I have seen, because as we all know, there's a lot of things that people have seen. And uh, so I'm just going to talk from what I've seen, because that's what the question is asking. The vast majority of souls are, are working up from being in a lower level of existence and moving higher. We do have unusual incarnations of special souls, uh, souls that are coming in as prophets, saints, mystics, sages, or ascetics. But not even in those cases, it's not always a guarantee that they are coming from a higher place or that they have just reached that soul evolution where they are going to take the sum total of their experiences in this realm and share it with others on their way to transcending into the next level of evolution. And so uh, I would say from what I've seen, most of us are coming from lower spheres, but that can change. Uh, most of us are actually really coming from this mortal sphere. The majority of hum human beings would be incarnating uh, from a level playing field because we do do a lot of repetition. We, we're habitual creatures. We have habits and we don't always uh, handle our progression very well. So we kind of stand still. There are souls that also come from lower levels. And if you look at it from the longer term, yes, eventually we have come from lower levels. But there are also exceptions to all rules. There is no uh, hard and fast rule because God does what God so whatsoever God willeth, as Baha'u'llah would say. And so uh, these things can uh, have many, many exceptions. But as a general rule, yeah, that's what's probably happening there. Um, let me grab our next question. Um, okay, you mentioned going in the path of purification that you went through corridors. Can you describe how these corridors look? Absolutely. There's many of them. And... Uh, some of them are similar in appearance, but they have different purposes. Some of them are very different in appearance and have different purposes. Um, and uh, so we have, and let's go into that in just a second. But Max says, yes, Marilyn, I agree that we start out at lower densities and work our way up as we progress in the lessons we need to learn. Yes, and that's the... Uh, result also and the reason why we undergo the vibrational raisings in these spiritual journeyings um, so that we can go from uh, from lower densities, um, lower frequencies, lower vibrations into higher ones. And of course, that takes us back to what we've always talked about, which is that knowledge is not information, it's vibration. So as we move from the lower frequencies, vibrations, densities, through these vibrational raisings and other experiences, then we progress higher and higher. So very well said, Max. Thank you. And so as to the corridors, you can have 
ones that are dark with a light at the end, oftentimes those are the time tunnel, but people who are crossing over from death, uh, from life into death will often see a, a black tunnel with a light at the end as well. Interestingly, in out-of-body travel, that's um, a similar way that the time tunnel will also appear. Some of them are like, almost like enclosed slides, like you'd see on a water slide. Um, some of them are ribbed. They have ribs that move through them. Some are a white opaque. Others are a bright fluorescent type violet. Um, they come in all colors and sizes. Some are cloudiest with a, a very different, uh, uh, just a, a whole bunch of different colors. So you can have those cloudy swirling tunnels that can be light, uh, light whitish yellow light, those that can be a light pale blue, those that can be like the galactic colors of the purple, deep blue, royal blue, white and uh, burgundies from the galactic heavens. You can have the star tunnels which are literally swirling stars that create um, a portal from one dimension over into the next. Many of them are hazy, these cloudiest types of tunnels that I just mentioned. The ones that are ribbed are the ones that I recall the most from uh, going through the initiations into the mysteries. So into the mystery regions, um, you may expect to see tunnels that are a little more formed like a, almost like the water slide idea with ribs running throughout this tunnel, um, most of them being white and opaque. Um, so there can be uh, any number of those. There also are corridors that are not necessarily corridor-like, which are just blips of frequency. So you may see in front of you where the frequency shifts. And if you walk into that frequency, you will transcend into another realm. That would also be considered like a corridor, a portal into another uh, dimensional reality. So all of those things are valid and they're all, there's many, many more. So you'll travel through uh, a lot of different variations on those themes for sure. All right. So the next question is this. I was thinking about the changes that many people are going through, especially with the pandemic. Would you consider people are now being shifted into their chosen paths, you know, like the separation of realities that was discussed in your book, Prelude to a Dream? I think this subject would be great for you to talk about. So when he's talking about that, let's go to the experience he's referring to. And this is it. This is the experience. I'll just read it to you because it's not that long. Floating quietly to the spaceship, I was greeted by Antonique. Antonique was one of my Pleiadian uh, master teachers. Immediately, he blocked my consciousness so that I would not remember the means by which this journey was taken. Making a voyage to a planet whose identity was to remain unknown, my consciousness was reawakened after we stepped off the ship on a large planet. 
Hundreds of beings had gathered from all over the universe in a park nearby. Some had very thin bodies with heads that were T-shaped, while others were like domes with very few hair strands upon their heads. Others were various manifestations of humanoid-type beings, only subtly different from human beings. In front of us was a large domed building where a huge banquet was taking place. Antony guided me inside where a staff of aliens exhibiting the utmost in cordiality served foods from all over the galaxies. A humanoid man approached with a tray and asked, have you ever tried an Amprian grape? Taking one, I swallowed the strange looking fruit. Noticing an unusual woman, she had entered the room with a very human body, but her face had a long beak and she had feathers coming out of her rump. Returning to the park, Antonique led me to a place where hundreds of beings were meditating. As we noticed this, a loud voice was broadcast over the crowd. This is an emergency. All out in the fields, move back. All light bearers, focus your light on the approaching planet. Everyone in the space became very still and radiant. Many beings from further ahead quickly ran back to where we were. And all began glowing as the mass energy was focused on something. But what? Antonique directed my attention to the sky. Oh my God, I screamed. That's Earth, and it's about to collide with this planet. Quietly, Antonique said, bear your light. Immediately, I joined the others in the meditative state of the mass mind of those around me, but the earth pummeled quickly towards us as it appeared that there would be total destruction. Seconds later, however, it was over. The earth had plunged directly into a small clearing, exploding into flames, but no one ventured forward, <clears throat> allowing the flames to extinguish themselves in moments they did. Confused, I turned to Antonique for answers. My gosh, I said, is that the fate of the earth? Smiling with sympathetic understanding, Antonique put his hands upon my shoulders. No, not how you have perceived it, my child. Antonique conveyed to me the knowledge of parallel existences. As I was shown three earths, explaining that there were to be two additional parallel Earths, each existing in separate realities based on fear or love, he conveyed that every member of humanity would vibrate to the Earth which was compatible to them without even being aware of it. But it was also made known to me that there are many parallel Earths wherein many possibilities are played out, inexplicable, really. There's a quote in here from the Bible, from the book of Revelations 21, 1 through 4. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. Behold, God's dwelling is with the human race. He will wipe every tear from your eyes and there shall be no more death or mourning, wailing or pain for the old order has passed 
away. So in this experience, we're seeing in relation to this question, oh, we want to acknowledge some people here, um, that we have the, the three Earths, but we have the two other Earths, the parallel Earths. One is a positive reality. One is a more negative reality. Let's say hello to everybody. Overprotected. Hi, Marilyn. I came in at a beak and feathers coming out of the burn. Wow, this is a beautiful story. Thank you, Overprotected. Thanks for joining us. Great to see you. Um, John says, hi, Mel Marilyn. Hello, everyone. And Adriana is here with us. Welcome back, Adriana, John, and Cecilius Garfield. Great to have all of you, and uh, we'll continue. So, so the question, we're going back to this question, which is uh, people being shifted into their chosen paths. What's interesting to me is that the experience that I just read to you was the experience that I had in the early 1990s. So what does that tell us? Well, we've discovered that many other people are having this same type of mystical experience now, but we also see that in the ancient sacred texts, this was not an uncommon experience for people to have. And as the decades have gone by, I've come to understand this experience differently. Although there is a whole other side of it that we won't get into here in relation to parallel realities, um, because that'll just be too big for this subject matter, we have the issue of the fact that every human soul is given this juncture. So it doesn't have to happen right now. It can happen at that point in any personal soul's life where they are uh, intersecting with that potentiality, where they reach that point in their spiritual enfoldment where they can vibrate to a more positive uh, experience of our world or the more negative one. And what happens is this does happen without us necessarily being aware of it because we forget that as we think, as we believe, so shall it be. So we go into our view. So if we are in that positive framework, we may be in the same world, but yet our experience of it overall might be different, might be more positive. We may see the light at the end of the tunnel. We may see the glass half full, where those who naturally amend to the more negative view will just be in a completely different world because of the nature of their thoughts and their focus being more negative. Now, are there also other parallel worlds that encompass these things? Absolutely, they do exist. That's a whole nother subject. <laughs> um, but this particular juncture happens for all souls. And we do go through it um, in the beginning of our spiritual journey, but we go through different levels of it 
as we progress. So as we continue to vibrate to higher and higher frequencies, then we are going to be moving into and shifting into, as the questioner saying, shifting into our chosen paths. This doesn't mean if you are, if you're vibrating towards the more positive earth, that you're not going to see all the normal things that occur in a mortal world, which is a world which lives below the veil of illusion. And th these are the worlds where good and evil reside within ourselves and all around us. You will see that. You'll still see all that. Um, but you will have a different perspective. You will have an ability to view things differently. It doesn't mean you are, you are, you are um, invisible or invincible to pain or to bad things happening to you or to being deceived or to actually being uh, thrust into a reality where your reality collides with the reality of another very negative personage, because these things are part of living in these types of purification worlds. We bump into each other's realities. So those kinds of things can still happen, but we will choose to resonate to the more positive, the more uh, uplifting, the movement-focused reality of Earth, rather than the place where people stand still, they don't take action of their own accord, they get stuck in their negativity, they see things through less enlightened eyes. Doesn't change the fact that the same events can happen to all of us. It's that we will shift into our chosen understanding or view of that knowledge or experience. And so that can be vastly different based on the window of perception that we have, whether it's higher, lower, in between, or any of these variants. We do have a tendency to not realize how the vibrational shifts that occur when a person is undergoing a spiritual awakening and journey actually changes their experience of life events. Let's see here. We have uh, Overprotected said, yes, that sounds so accurate and resonates. Max says, resonates very much with me too. Ox Yuki Love says, all bear with me. I've lost my glasses. I totally understand that problem. I can't see a thing without these. Um, she says, I will chat sparingly. Overprotected says, just a general perspective of seeing the beauty in all lives, like through synchronicities. I was led to review the life of a rapper boy named Little Peep, and I could see the angelic beauty of his soul. Oh, that's so sweet, Overprotected. I'm going to tell you something you don't know. <laughs> So my little dog over there, she started out, her name was uh, Jenny, and uh, her name has been Lil Peep for a couple of years because I had a similar experience. That's so interesting that you and I uh, uh, resonate on that 
point. It was very sad. Little Peep died of a drug overdose. I only knew about Little Peep because one of my kids made me aware of him. And I felt such um, sadness because uh, despite this person's ex obvious difficulties in this realm and in this life, um, there was a lot of depth that he tried to bring through in his artistry, the gift that he had been given. And it was tragic that he passed so young. Um, H loves MJ. Hi, great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Marilyn. I wondered if you could give us an update on how, how Michael Jackson is doing. I wish I could. Haven't seen him for a while, uh, quite some time. I am, yeah, yeah, overprotected says, wow, look at the next comment, Marilyn. Isn't that funny too? Yeah, because uh, one of the things that overprotected and I shared was a lot with the Michael Jackson journey when I wrote those books about his afterlife experiences. And so here we are talking about another musician who passed tragically, Little Peep, and then someone comes in talking about Michael Jackson I have not had anything in a very long time about Michael Jackson. I can tell you that the last time I did might have been four or five years ago. So it would have been maybe 2018, maybe, maybe 17. And he was uh, doing well, continuing to progress. I would guess, I can make some guesses. I would guess that he is probably pretty active um, in looking out for his children as they've grown into adulthood and other family members, I'm sure, as well. But definitely, I think he would probably be very active right now around his children, trying to make sure that they're okay and helping them on their journey. But that's a guess because I haven't seen him since that time. So, um, so again, going back to our question about shifting into our chosen paths. So, um, so yes, is the, the long version of this answer is yes, that I do think people are shifting into their chosen paths. I do think for some people, the pandemic has accelerated that for them. But this is an experience um, that seems to be universal that we see in the writings of the mystics and the ancient sacred texts from the beginning of time. And so it seems like this is a common experience of souls who enter upon the awakening path. And it doesn't seem to be tied to any particular time frame. It just is tied to an individual soul reaching an awakening point. And when that starts happening, then they become aware they are choosing to move forward into this more positive uh, vibration of uh, how they view uh, reality or a more negative vibration of it. And I wanted to share with you something that I pulled out here with, uh, put that one to the side over here that I thought would be helpful here um, and just kind of go in here with what we were talking about um, with some comments from Father Jean-Baptiste Saint-Jour and Saint-Claude de Saint-Colombier, both priests, from a book called Trustful Surrender 
to divine providence, the secret of peace and happiness. I thought these related to that question. I want to go ahead and read what these people are saying over here. Overprotected says, hey, he was with me the other day at the dentist. Michael. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I was crying hysterically due to past trauma. Then the dentist said I had a blister on the roof of my mouth. Then wannabe starting something was playing in the office. Oh, my goodness. There's a part read lyrics doctor and a fever blister. She had a breakdown, not following quite. I was blow. I was bawling my eyes out. He was there and made me smile and know all was okay. And I think what she's describing is very uh, much the, the sense that I would get from Michael was that he would come in and bring an energy with him of comfort and consolation. He definitely did that for me during the period of time that him and I communicated with one another. And this, of course, was all the way back in 2009. So it's been a while, but I remember it very clearly because it was a very consoling energy. And that sounds very much like how he would reach out to a soul who might be in pain. Um, we have some questions.